Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Agile for Humans is brought to you by Audible.com. Get one free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash agile. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time by Jeff Sutherland, and Crucial Conversations by Carrie Patterson. Visit www.audibletrial.com forward slash agile to enjoy your free audiobook today. Processes and tools dominate today's agile discussions, but we are devoted to the individuals and interactions that make it work. From the beginner to the veteran practitioner, we have something for you. Welcome to Agile for Humans. All right, welcome to this episode of Agile for Humans. This is a special one. We're actually down in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm with Billy Shutpelts and Kim Brainerd, Agile Brain, Brain on Agile, all that stuff, right? Did I get it? I, th- I think that's about right. Brainiac, yeah. Brainiac, Brainerd, Brilliant, Brilliant, brilliant Brainerd, brain. Brilliant, brilliant Brain. brain. Brilliant. Okay, yes. good. Nice. So we're down in Indy. Uh, we're all speaking at the Agile Indy Conference this year. And before we got started, I think we'll just pull this into the show. Uh, we're just talking about how amazing it is what they put together here. We just uh, got through the first half of, of the conference. We all gave our talks, so now it's a collective sigh of relief, and we're able to just chat. Uh, got through the lunch. I mean, this is, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal what Agile India has put together. I'm My mind's blown. I'm in the Chicago market. I mean, I haven't seen anything like that up there. I know, Kim, you're, you, you're all over the country. I mean, have you seen just such a local meetup group turn into just something this big? No, I haven't. Um, so I recently chaired, co-chaired the uh, Scrum Gathering in San Diego about a month ago where we had about 1,100 uh, attendees. And it, the gathering went off well, but then I went right over to Big Apple Scrum Day where we had almost 300. And then also over uh, to, to Europe, to, to their local meetups in, in London. And I'd have to say, wow, 
Indy really brought it this year. Yeah. We have almost 700 attendees here, yeah. Yeah. and the energy, the conversations, mm -hmm. I mean, the food, yeah. the opening keynote, I mean, round of applause, my hat yeah. goes off to this, this group, I mean, yeah. Bring it to the center of the country, and, and you guys definitely have gotten it done. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's awesome, yeah. There's been really good conversation in all the sessions that I've popped into. Just the energy and the and everything that everyone's talking about and interacting together is amazing, yeah. It's a pretty cool vibe. It just it feels like, you know, especially in Indy, there's just a, a large group of people who really want to adopt Agile and who really want to understand this, and they're... They, I, my no estimates session, normally it's a very confrontational, people want to argue. Yeah. And in this case, I mean, there were just really good questions. Uh, the people really were embracing the content. They were thinking about it. There was, and there was just a good, like you said, a good energy in the room. Um, and I think you guys saw the same things in your sessions, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we started it off with fun because our brains yes. are, are going to, we learn when we're having fun. So that's how yeah. we started off the uh, neuroscience of yes. communication coaching yeah. to impact this morning with, with fun. And the convert, even the one woman had a great question uh, during one of the exercises. And, and she's like, so when is it okay to respond? Yeah. And I love mm -hmm. that question. Cause yeah, we were practicing. So the exercise is we were practicing listening and being present and Kim was walking us through as coaches, we need to really actually hear what they're saying and not just completely respond instantaneously with what's going on in our head. So that was the exercise. And then we were talking about the woman's question was, should we, like be that silent because in the exercise we, we weren't allowed to speak at all and that was really awkward and yeah you you explained really well that no that wasn't your your point <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. not it's just yeah. about being present being in yeah. the moment and mm -hmm. taking your thoughts away from yeah. everything that you've been mm -hmm. at previously and being there with that individual yeah and i loved what kim said after that like part of your debrief on that was about um that as a coach, we can take information in and then we can go home and think on it and come back the next day and have some aha moments. And that actually happened to me recently, just last week, actually. So um, some managers had given me some information about one of the women on the team. And in the moment, I was absorbing it all. I was pondering it. And it wasn't until that night that I went home and I thought, why don't we make her a tech lead? Like, that's everything they just said was that this woman wants to be a tech lead. She has all the skills. We all love her. What's holding us back? And that was my aha solution. I mean, it's not, not an aha, but I needed to rest on it, like you said. like Brain break. We yes, taking a brain break. And then the next day I could go and, and I presented that and they were all like, oh, that was so obvious. Why didn't any of us see that to begin with? So yeah. It's, it's that pause. And it's something that uh, I think we've talked about on the podcast in the past, especially through uh, the responsibility process with Christopher Avery, where it's just taking in information and then pausing mm -hmm. is so important. And it's for me, especially, I have a hair trigger on a response mm -hmm. and that can get you in trouble. Uh, there are some times where I make the wrong answer uh, very quickly, so at least I'm efficiently wrong. But um, it's just amazing how you take a moment, you pause, or even like, like what we're saying, you just go to sleep. Like we were all talking last night, so a common speaker thing, we'll give a little inside baseball. None of us are prepared, right? right? Yes. So yes. We're, all, we're all just Pull back the curtain. Yeah, pull back the curtain a bit. When you see one of us give a talk, I think uh, we all have been doing this long enough, the talks look polished. Uh, I think we all do a really nice job presenting and taking questions, and it all looks very easy. 
It's like I, I always compare it to watching, here's a sports reference, Ernie Els and his swing, the Big Easy. This very large van that just makes a very like, oh, I could do that swing and hits it 300 yeah. yards. And I think a lot of us do that, but on, on the inside, we're all hating ourselves and yeah. hating our talks yes. and moving our slides around. And the yes. night before is a wreck at every speaker dinner. Yes. It's, my slides aren't good enough. I'm not good enough. This imposter syndrome creeps totally. in. Everywhere. And uh, it's just fascinating how I think most of us left that dinner uh, and just said, you know what, enough. I'm just going to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so everyone, exactly. everyone went their separate ways. Everyone just let their minds rest a little bit. I think the next morning we all figured out the kinks in our talks, worked them out, and they all went great. So it's just fascinating to me how, you know, if you just, how much progress you can make by just doing nothing for a little bit and how that's so counterintuitive, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, the rest and the relaxation just brings our brains back to life, I think. But um, what I love is that the speaker community, it's like we're all there for each other to remind each other of that, hey, no, you got this, we're good. It's all the things that internally in ourselves we have trouble pulling out. But yeah, like you're, you're right, at the speaker dinner, everyone, everyone's saying the same thing and yeah. we're all reassuring each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I walked in there and, and we sat down and, and I think it was you, that's Billy, that yeah. said, my slides aren't done. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not the only procrastinator. Yeah. It wasn't even that. Right. It's that, you know, are we real? We're really needing to also inspect our ways and eat Mm -hmm. our own dog food. And Mm -hmm. you saved the day and said, Kim, what's your MVP? Right. And so at 410 this morning, as I'm (laughs) sitting there, that's 410 (laughs) a.m. MVP, MVP, MVP. And. And Nobody then, wants Billy's voice in their head at 410 a.m. <laughs> I'm like, that's it, MVP, and yeah. let's get it yeah. done and, and keep it. It's amazing how much all of that applies even to the public speaking, to workshops that we're giving. It applies so much as a coach because we talk so much and we pull so many things out of the air. We're constantly improvising. But keeping that MVP in our mind of what's our minimum sentence, what's our minimum slice of learning, what's our minimum anything that we're trying to give the client rather than delivery. just blowing air, yeah, blowing hot air. So It's, it's emergence, right? And it, what I find interesting is so many of us think that we can, and I, 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 I'll just speak for myself, I'll sit down and write a whole talk and put together an hour worth of slides and pretend like I know what people want to hear or what they need to hear or what's valuable to them. And then you start giving the talk and the first question pops up and you realize, wow, I did not nail this at all. And it's just had me thinking about the way we give talks, the way we do trainings, the way that we communicate with other people. Should we be showing up with a a preconceived notion and a complete deck or should we just lay down? It's kind of like the open space idea, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a concept that I'm interested in. Now let something happen, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I'm kind of starting yeah. to get at odds with this where mm-hmm. it's, I used to really like having all this prep work and this idea that I could have this control, but then I'm also falling into the same trap that I argue against, right? You can't control everything with okay. estimates mm-hmm. or planning and you have to let things emerge, but at the same time, I mean, we're not even doing that at some points, you know? Well, I was going to yeah. say, so today we did, uh, coaches are truly Broadway actors. <laughs> we're, we're we have we're improvising. We we're yes. constantly improvising. Yes. Not even coaches. I mean, if, if you're a manager, mm-hmm. if you're a mother, if you're a father, yeah. um, 
if you have friends, I mean, we're always having to improvise. I mean, there's just certain, if you have traffic, you have to improvise. And so it's important for us to practice how we improvise. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what came to mind for me, Ryan, as you were talking is I feel like we all swing on a pendulum as speakers, as workshop facilitators, as any of that, where we want to start out very prepared, almost in the perfectionist world. And then there is another one, another pendulum swing where you don't prepare at all. And I don't know that many people operate well in either one of those edges. And so kind of what I'm trying to bring to the conference is that middle ground of laying out a light framework, laying out some, some light exercises, some flow, but being able to pivot in the middle of that and, and go with what the audience wants. So. Well, it's more compelling, I think, to hold a little bit of space for the mm-hmm. attendee yeah. and give them the opportunity to have a little bit of influence because I think that drives engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, and I think, Kim, this is one of your specialty areas. I know you're a, you're a big proponent and actually a trainer of uh, teaching from the back of the room. Yes, absolutely. And so as, as you've made that transition, because I think we all start with the PowerPoint Kind of you know the, the the wall of text and we start from there but as you've transitioned to training from the back of the room and now you're not only a practitioner but a trainer have you seen improved engagement and quality and feedback uh, from your talks I have absolutely um, and I, you know what, let's pause just for a second so if, if you're not familiar with training from the back of the room can you give the the listeners like the 30 second here's what it is Absolutely. It, it's really allowing yourself, whether you're a coach, whether you're a project manager, whether you just are a presenter mm-hmm. uh, or a teacher, an educator in the education world, it's literally allowing individuals, one, self-correct. The best way we learn is if we are learning to teach others. And so getting individuals involved, that collaboration together is just, rings more powerful than anything. And as someone who's facilitating, the best facilitator is the one that steps back and lets the audience engage. And the magic that happens is undescribable. And training from the back of the room will take you into your right brain, release that subconscious mind, and that creativity is going to go through the roof. It's, it's awesome. Um, and... It's you as an individual that creates that reality for mm-hmm. yourself. And then you take that reality and you bring it into your organization, whether it's a classroom or whether you're presenting. But we don't want to sit there and read paragraph after paragraph. Yeah, Sometimes it's nice to have visuals, but yeah. we learn by doing. Yes, learn by doing. Mm-hmm. How have you seen your sessions um, improve? Like, did you do sessions before you started training in the back of the room and then so I've always been an individual that's I I can't be in a cage I I, when I was in school I I can't say I was the best student because I had this thing in front of me in fact I was telling you in another podcast I was told to sit there be quiet and I'm like (gasps) you know it's like a a noose almost I'm like oh my gosh I'm like okay I'm sitting there I have to be quiet it's not natural and it really has to do a lot with brain science so I when I learned about this thing called the brain the mo- one of the most useful muscles that is is not truly utilized because we're completely outsourcing it i'm like okay well i can really use this this little three pound muscle and and understand what what it needs in order to help me be a better trainer and and facilitator mm-hmm. and so when i when i took these concepts and i i, I was teaching these tools and techniques in the course 
I've had individuals and they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, my students pass, they all pass a test. And I'm like, what did you do? And they, they said, well, they, they began talking to each other. Wow. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. They never spoke before, and like, right. no, you know, they they sat behind that desk, that little yeah. school desk that we all had, Aww. and that she said that they put their desks together, good, oh, good, and that every uh, twenty minutes she allowed had them get up and do some certain yes. different exercise, yes, and I'm like, exactly. that's so cool, yes. because our brains need a break yes. every ten minutes. Let's yes. adjust our ways. Let's change it. it up. Stand up, sit down, mm-hmm. move around, illustrate. Find the way that you yeah. can communicate with individuals, and so mm-hmm. it's it provides a way to reach mm-hmm. certain individuals, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. and discover the yeah. best way that you can learn, mm-hmm. and then take that back with you. And that's where the MVP comes in, though, and that's why I said that to you last night because I also tell people like no more teaching or slide presentation, no more content than twenty minutes, right. hopefully less, and then get them up to move. But um, the problem that people have is then how do they take all the content they want to teach and figure out those 20-minute slices? Like, that's what I find. That's the MVP slices in learning. That's so, well, learning. we mm-hmm. use the four C's in training from the back of the yeah. room. So you want that connection. You really first need to get that connection, which is why it's like, okay, what's going on that's going to connect me to either the space you're in, that individual mm-hmm. where you become present with that individual. So you need that connection. And then we take it, that four C's map nice. that walks you through the principles of training from the back of the room. Nice. So it's really fun. Nice. So along with connection, you have... Um... You have your concepts. Okay. And, and so basically that you have the concepts and we should... Could you could also attend the course to, to, to really get, in, to get into the... Uh, I, I will come to, out. To I'll, get... I'll catch your next course. Absolutely. I'll give it a shot. We have one in Baltimore in June... 26 and 27th, I should know that. It's probably okay. on a website somewhere. I, it's, on, it's on my, my short list of, of uh, trainings to do. I, I believe in it. I, mm-hmm. you know, even the, the talk I just gave, they put us in a, in a massive room that's filled with people. I can't stand behind a podium. Like, yeah. I'm a free-range speaker. Yes. I have to move around. <laughs> and actually, I like going out into the audience and then having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't believe that like I should be at the front pontificating about something for an hour and now, okay stop talking be quiet now if they want to talk uh, about a concept or something that I've brought up let's have that conversation that's gonna be more valuable than any slide that I came up with you know three months ago right. while I was starting to put this talk together for this mm-hmm. speaking cycle you know so I, I totally agree with it it's I like the visuals so I like just having a picture like if I can talk about a concept and put a funny little picture up you get that laugh and what it does is, I think, make people shift a little bit in their seat, and then they're awake again. Yep. And that's, I think that's critical. So I, I see a lot of congruence there. Very happy to, to, to check that out. So I appreciate you explaining that. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, in the it's session today, stuff. we had Play-Doh out and just little odds and ends, fidgety yeah, things. you got to keep them awake. Adults need to multitask. They need to have something in their hands while they're learning yeah. and staying awake. Yeah. People, people or probably wonder what the heck it was for, but it was just, hey, if you want to play with Play-Doh, right. dig in and yeah. dough away. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're curious, they're listening. Yeah. And so I, I think that's critically important, mm-hmm. too. You know, as a new speaker, I remember worrying about not having enough content. And so I would jam a talk together with a thousand different concepts that no one's going to remember. Right, right. right? Yeah. And so part of the 
Yeah, it's not very intuitive to think, well, really, you have time in a, like we just had a 50-minute session. You can do a quick introduction. Mm-hmm. You have about you have time for about three big points mm-hmm. and then and some Q&A all, and yeah. wrap-up. And that's all you have. And hopefully some activity in between right, the right, three right. points. Yeah, exactly. As, yeah. You know, activities mm-hmm. to bring those maybe three, maybe, more yeah. like two, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I think once you learn that lesson, you leave yeah. that space, yeah. you allow for emergence. You know, we're not stand-up comics. And so we're not supposed to give the same talk every time and have it look like it's off the cuff. Like, right. they are great performers. Yeah. They've worked that material. You know, and some of them will give the same stand-up with a few minor tweaks a hundred times across the country. That's not, I think, what we're there to do, right? So we're there to be present. Mm -hmm. You know, we started with the idea of being present. We're there to figure out who's in our audience, have that situational awareness, Mm -hmm. make the pivots and the changes as we go. But the only way to do that is to leave space to realize that, right? Yeah, like there's another concept I talk about holding the space and um, it's really hard to describe. I don't know if you guys have heard of that concept before, but like that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm trying to sense the energy in the room and who the who the participants in the audience is, because like you said, we're supposed to respond to them. And the only way you're going to be able to do that and be able to shift where you need to shift is if you're consciously aware of what's going on in that third dimension. Um, so yeah, I really like like that concept and I think it helps us not be the stand-up comics that are just repeating the presentation every single time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's a more agile way to give a talk and that's where, you know, again, I think uh, Bob Galen did a really neat, so we, we were all like, well, Kim wasn't. She didn't make it. She, oh, but we were at Coach Camp. We missed her at and, Coach Camp. And Bob gave this. Uh, he held. <laughs> he held this session about coaches eating their own dog food, right? And really about coaches actually practicing what they preach. And I'm just starting to come around on this whole presentation idea that we are we are using waterfall to give talks, right. not the, the collective mm-hmm. we, just as as a in general. And I think there's some some ways that we can influence the way that we present information to people. Mm-hmm. I think it can be influenced by the manifesto and it should be, right? So if we value individuals yes. and interactions over processes and tools, mm-hmm. well then we should be interacting instead of relying on yes. PowerPoint yes. as a tool. What a so, concept. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe that's a stretch to some, but yeah. I think there's ways, and I think it's interesting that the, the two of you are, are really kind of pioneering this path of we're going to get away from all that process and, and tooling yeah. and, and the bricks of text on a, on a, on a slide and, and really going into more that engagement. Mm-hmm. Like if I can get that one person in the moment to just see that light bulb go, then it's worth traveling to give the talk, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny to watch the people in the room because the, in the same way that when coaches go into an organization, they have to shift depending on the culture of the organization. It's the same when you're trying to bring what I call active learning or activities and exercises into a conference setting because not everybody is used to that. So there's some people that want to come to a conference and literally just want to sit there and absorb information from a speaker who's an expert and who has a bunch of PowerPoint slides. Like, and I still find that fascinating because that's not my learning style at all. But um, it's just kind of, I think, like you said, we're trying to forge the way into some new styles in the conferences, in the conference world, and make them a lot more active. But there will be holdouts. There will be learning styles and people that really still just want the expert speaker at the front of the room. 
So if people, I, I know there's a lot of speakers that listen to the show, and I know that um, you know, hopefully they're they're listening, thinking, "Wow, what are some ideas I can could incorporate? What are some resources that people could go to to learn about, you know, exercises in a talk, way to engage?" I know um, Sharon Bowman, her her work. Uh, te- mm-hmm. Training from the back of the room. I mean, I think the book is available. People could look there. But absolutely, what are sources or resources that the two of you go to when you're trying to figure out that next idea or kind of that tweak to a, a workshop that just gets people more engaged, present, mm-hmm. and, and actually using their mind? So I have two things, um, and it was interesting because I almost went against it for this last session that I just did here, and what rang to me was stay true to yourself and mm. real life mm-hmm. stories are more impactful mm. yes don't stories, do not stories. go yes. off of yes. the beaten path do not be, you don't want to be a textbook you mm. want to be your own story mm-hmm. and people want to hear your story not someone else's mm-hmm. and so i find that when a speaker tells that story where we, they can bring yeah. the audience in that's truly powerful um, and then the second thing that I, I was introduced to, and I, I, it's in my sessions and a lot of the sessions that I do, which is improv, but it was interesting to me uh, going, I'm on my CST journey, and one of my CSTs that I'm working with said, hey, Kim, before we go and do the Cal One course, um, we need to sign up for this improv class. And I'm like, Huh? I mean, I, I know how to do improv, yeah. but no, it's let's do improv together. So when we're going to pair coach together, oh, nice. yeah, that yeah. we've been on stage and nice. we've had that moment, That's so good. and we're step, yeah. we're both stepping out of a world mm-hmm. that we know and into a world that's unknown, mm-hmm. and into someone else's classroom. So that's yeah. awesome. That's I mean, good. to really step yeah. out of your own world mm-hmm. and, and improv mm-hmm. with someone that you may be pair coaching with yeah, or exactly. co-training with, yeah. that's, it was yeah. a great learning experience. That's cool. So yeah. I, I think the listeners will remember, we had Jesse Sterenschus on, who's uh, at yeah. the Agile Improv. Uh, I love her book. She's great. Her book's wonderful. She had Amitai and I doing some exercises and from the feedback we got we've had a lot of people laughing at us but <laughs> it was a lot of fun and it actually uh, gave Amitai and I the confidence to co-present in New York it gave us yeah. I mean plus we doing this podcast together I think we've mm-hmm. gotten fairly good at riffing off of each other and it, yeah. it worked out but I you know improv is just popping up everywhere even where I work now uh, in Chicago yeah. uh, we have Second City come in and give improv courses to the entire yeah. company so we work together uh, in improv situations, and it's good ice breaking. It's good, mm-hmm. you know. There's so many people now that you can't know everybody, but if you're doing these improv exercises, it forms those bonds. Mm-hmm. Then you start talking about, you know, the kind of work that each other's doing, and suddenly it's you have these cross pollinated ideas yeah. that, mm-hmm. hey, we need to get back together after this and work on this idea, and it just. It's one of those again where it feels counterintuitive. Why are we having improv at a tech company? But then suddenly the, these traditional introverts are up doing the, these exercises and it's, oh, we're going to go talk now. And it really has, has yeah. increased collaboration. It's improved relationships. It was just fascinating what an impact, you know, this, mm-hmm. I mean, it's from the beginning of time we've been improvising. There's something about being goofy together. Like, yeah. we just need that. We need that as adults and we need to step out into, you know, a step beyond the fourth wall that we all have with each other and be goofy and just have fun together and play, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And 
It's interesting. I was going to say, um, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, but executives, believe it or not, it's, it's okay as long as you, if you have um, executives yeah. or leadership mm-hmm. and, and how the ice-breaking exercise with them mm-hmm. is interesting because it's, they don't want to necessarily see it as fun and games, mm-hmm. but once they put their toe in the water, yeah. when to see them open up it is... Goes full high. Like, yeah. <laughs> Some of the best improv <laughs> yes, has been some, yes, from a C, you know, yes. the CIO of the company, and I'm yes, like, yeah, you know, sweet. I know. I got a CIO to do some Bollywood dancing on video, so um, that, that was fun. Win. And he was good at it. Like, that's what we didn't even know. We were like, oh, my goodness, you're really good at that. But it's so. interesting, too. I, I would assume the teams then made a stronger connection to that executive, and suddenly Absolutely. it's not someone – throwing down commands this is a person who has yeah. funny quirks and right. things too and yes. it just it, they're human yeah absolutely Agile. and we all are <laughs> thankfully yeah. we all yeah. are right so I got a couple more resources. You brought up the yeah, resources yeah. thing. Yeah, so um, one of the books that transformed me was Sam Kaner's Facilitator's Guide to Participa- Participatory Decision-Making. Okay. And it sounds like it wouldn't be about facilitating, but it really is. He has a lot of really good things about flow and how to lay out um, your sessions in there. So I love the Sam Kaner book. Um, obviously, the Lisa Atkins stuff. And Diana Larson and Esther Derby. I used yeah. to go on YouTube and watch a ton of their videos. Like, so I'm not much of a reader of a, a literal book. I like audio and visual learning. Yeah. So the YouTube videos are amazing. And then um, my background is in my master's is in adult learning. So it was in that that I learned about the 20 minute cycle. Like, don't do any more content than 20 minutes, and then get them up and learning, and make sure you debrief afterwards. Cool. So that um, it stays in a tight loop. And Bill Wake from Industrial Logic was actually very influential. He had a really unique way of um, developing his internal learning that he was doing at a company I used to work at. And so um, he would literally write the class in the week. So the people that were writing the learning would get together on Monday, do that small circle, the, the content, the exercise, and the debrief practice it on two or three different groups and pivot every time with the feedback after the group. And then on Friday, that module was done. Nice. Yeah, I know. I was like, that's brilliant. Like, how fun is that? Talk about writing workshops agilely. Way to be agile, (laughs) just incremental. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So we'll get links to all of those resources uh, in the show notes. Thanks for thanking, or thanks for providing those. Um, But it looks like we're gonna come up to our time box. So at this point of the show, uh, the floor is yours. So each of you can have the opportunity to promote anything you have going on. You can have the opportunity to tell the audience anything that you think they ought to know, any workshops, any classes, any offerings. Uh, the floor is yours. So Billy, if you'd like to go first, sure. what, would, what, what would you like to get in front of the listeners? Um, I, I think I'd like to get kind of a startup idea that um, I'd love feedback on. So I'm trying to put together some facilitation cards um, with that concept of content demonstration or exercises and debriefing. And so I want physical cards that we can lay out on a table and create our visual flow. So if anybody has ideas and wants to contribute to some feedback on a product, like kind of a lean startup focus group idea, that would be great. And my Twitter is at oopslandbilly. So it's at O-O-P-S, oops, L-A-N-D. Billy is B-I-L-L-I-E. So Oopsland is a world that I love living in. So if you guys want to know more about Oopsland, please contact me as well because um, that's a great world. So, Very thanks. good. Thanks, Billy. Kim, 
What do you have going on? What should the listeners know about? Uh, wow. So I, I'm all over the place, but I, I love what I do. And we, we go in and work. We have workshops and training that's a little bit unique. And we work with organizations. Uh, RADTAC is now in the U.S. Uh, myself and Laura Powers have expanded from the U.K. We're now on four continents, including North America. And we're the co-CEOs of RADTAC in the U.S. And Great. we're bringing workshops and training all over North America that utilizes training from the back of the room and it's interactive, it's fun, it is wonderful, especially for leadership retreats as well. Um, I'm My next course for training from the back of the room is being held in Baltimore, Maryland, actually a place right between Baltimore and D.C. That course is being held June 26th through the 27th. There's also a discount code for the user groups as well as Women in Agile and uh, it's about half price because we're going to take training from the back of the room outside of the room. And so this will be a unique course where we are utilizing space outside nice. and yes. tapping into our true creativity. And then we're also going to be doing an illustration course. So it's a three-day certified course right before Agile 26, yeah, I'm sorry, 2017, for what year I was in, uh, Agile 2017. Uh, and that course will be held in Orlando, uh, two days of training from the back of the room, the third, August 3rd and 4th. And then we'll be doing a illustration through innovation course with Stuart, also from RADTAC. Okay. And so that's a lot of fun. You can check us out on Eventbrite. And then if you would like to contact me on Twitter, that's at AgileBrain1. So Agile and your brain one. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you again for joining me uh, here in Indianapolis. I'm not going to promote anything other than Agile Indy. And so I, again, just very grateful to the, the board, uh, the organizers. Everyone's just done a beautiful job. It's, yes. you know, I think a lot of people think we get rich speaking, and that's really not the case. I think a lot of us are out of pocket for, for every talk we go and give with a, a, a rare rare exceptions. But uh, it's worth it to us. We enjoy the, 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 the teaching opportunities, the speaking, the interactions. But when organizers like the, the Agile Indie Group come together and really put together an excellent show, right? The, everything from accommodations to the rooms, to the setup, yeah. to the lunches, to the, all that stuff was just wonderful. It just makes it that much more worth it. So my only, only plug is for Agile Indie. If, you, uh, if you're in the Midwest and can make it to a meetup, they're excellent. If you can make it to Agile Indy next year, highly recommend it. I think we'll all try to come back to Absolutely. Yeah. It's Go just, Agile Indy. It's probably one of, by far, my favorites. Yep. Yeah. So with that said, Billy and Kim, thanks for joining me on this episode of Agile for Thank Humans. Thank Ryan, you. Ryan, thanks yes. so much for having us. It's been a great time. Yes. Billy, yep. high, high five to all the love. High fives. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, to the listeners out there, I know I keep saying this. I'm a broken record. The numbers are going up. Really love the fact that you're sharing the show. Um, and just can't thank you enough for being out there. Keep the questions coming. Keep the tweets coming. We will have an episode very soon where we collect all those questions and just start running through them. Try to get some of our uh, past guests on to help with the questions, but really appreciate all that, and we will be hitting those soon. So other than that, uh, I'm your host, Ryan Ripley, saying thank you again for being there, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Agile for Humans. Let's keep the conversation going. Drop us a question on Twitter at Agile for Humans or visit agileforhumans.com.
Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on.